The Wellness Prescription with Dr. Claudia on 105.9 The Region. Welcome to The Wellness Prescription with Dr. Claudia. I'm Station Manager Tina Cortez, and my co-host is Dr. Claudia McKella. Good morning. Good morning, Tina. Are we all ready to eat your way sexy today? I don't even know what that means. <laughs> I'm afraid to ask, but go ahead, explain. All right, so today we're going to focus on having a really healthy relationship with food, and it's really important that we understand that the foods we choose to eat sometimes have a deeper meaning, okay? So creating a relationship with food where you are consciously aware of the food and the choices you're take you're making are really important. Okay, and I'm not sure that I think about that. You know, <laughs> and that I got stuck there for a second, and I'm thinking, do I think about it or I just grab what's easy, yes. what's fast? Yep, we and all we do. all fall into that we trap, right? Do. Okay, it's not we just want, me. No, it's not just you. Okay, and that's why it's important. And I want to make the like I want to make the statement that we have to have and encourage what I call and what many people call relaxed eating. So it's not just like okay. I see. I feel hungry. I see something. I'm going to shove it in my mouth. It's not the solution. We have to have relaxed choices and recognize the difference between hunger pangs, being actually hungry for proper nourishment, and having a craving. Okay, those are two very different things, uh, and we all get them. Mm-hmm. So we all get hungry. But then we all have cravings. So sometimes those cravings are triggered by our emotions, by a situation, by something that, you know, is repetitive in our lives. And you just want that comfort food. And the craving could be, and I I get these, whether it's something salty or something sweet. Yep. And that that, that can be because of so many different things. So women tend to have those cravings based on our cycle. So the hormonal fluctuations will cause you to really want sugar. Sometimes they cause you to really want salt. And then we combine that with like an experience in our lives where you had an argument with your partner and there you went and you grabbed the donut or your kids drove you crazy and you grabbed the bag of chips. Instead of concentrating and saying, I'm hungry, what can I put in my body that's going to nourish me, right? And it's going to help to correct the hormones and cut the uh, uh, focus on or distract you from eating something that is not good for you. It almost sounds like you have to make this deliberate conscious choice. Yes. Yes. It's not and who, easy. And who does that? <laughs> not many of us. And this is what leads us down the road to having an unhealthy relationship with food because it's it becomes unhealthy because it's always just a matter of instant gratification. I want to eat something instead of I need to eat something that is good for my body. So, you know, simple tips like I know I'm repetitive and I say the same thing all the time, but I keep a little lunch bag, right? And I have like an apple, a banana and some nuts, right? I mean, if, if for those of us who don't have a nut allergy, but keep some fruit, keep some healthy snacks, something that's going to trigger a positive in, insulin response, which is going to help you get rid of that craving and help you maybe react differently to an emotional situation. And how do you define a positive insulin response? What does that mean? So when you are hungry, you need to eat something because your sugar levels have dropped and you need to have sugar in your body in order to sustain you. So when you need sugar and you grab a candy bar, that is a very 
horrible source of increasing your insulin because it's going to shoot it up, it's going to spike it up, and you're going to have a quick drop, and then you're going to feel horrible. Whereas if you have an apple instead, it's a natural source of sugar. It'll maintain that glycemic index at a really good level where you're not going to have the crash and you're going to have sustained energy. So let's focus on not being emotional eaters and seeking comfort in food and being relaxed about what we're eating. Keep a little lunch bag and be conscious of whether you're hungry or you're just having a craving. Now, in terms of having these snacks around your desk or your place of work or in your car, should we space them out through the day? Absolutely. So you don't want to, you know, pack yourself full of something all at once, whether it's good for you or not, it could be too much for you. Um, And if your workplace is anything like my workplace, we have snacks and cookies and treats coming through all the time. Sure. So I try to limit them and I try to always keep my healthy snacks in front of me so I can visually see them. So when I am hungry, they're right there. So rule of thumb is I like to have my fruits in the morning. Um, so that that gives you the sustained energy you need. And then in the afternoon, when you need a little pick-me-up, you have something like like nuts and seeds. So the ideal snack in the afternoon are pumpkin seeds and sesame seeds and uh, maybe a little handful of like dried fruits. Not many, but dried fruits is a better alternative than a piece of chocolate, right? So something to sustain you. So lots of good snacks throughout the day. And what about late evening? Because that's another bad habit. Yes. And late evening eating is definitely not due to hunger. That is due to a craving. You're bored, you're sitting around, you're maybe thinking of something. So if you want to start to eliminate that night snacking, which we all should, then always have some air popped popcorn with no butter. And you can take a nice cup of that, like, you know, a full cup, and you can snack on that. And that'll start to eliminate slowly that craving. I actually just make a nice cup of tea. And I feel like that helps to soothe any craving I have. Okay, when we come back, how to change negative self-talk. This is The Wellness Prescription on 105.9 The Region. More with Dr. Claudia and The Wellness Prescription when we come back. You're listening to 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to The Wellness Prescription. I'm Tina Cortez and my co-host is Dr. Claudia McKilla. Thank you, Tina. Our guest today is Dr. Nadia Rizzo, naturopathic doctor and author of Eat Your Way Sexy. I'm so excited to have you on today. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm honored to be here. Oh, it's going to be great. Um, I love your book. I read the whole thing and um, I think it's really important that we know about the story that inspired you to write the book. So what was your motivation. Tell all of our listeners about it. You know, it's actually not something I've shared publicly yet. So this is the okay, great. <laughs> the first forthcoming with this. Um, I had initially wrote the book and it was just the middle chapters, the nutrition bit. And I went to my publisher and I said it was about a year and a half before we published. And I said, okay, here's the book. And she said, I'm going to be honest with you. You're not going all in. There's lots missing. Um, did you want this to be the book? And I said, yes. And she said, come back to me. You have more more work to do. And it wasn't until um, the rest of it came out, as you'll see, the heart and the soul and the the really the roots of the journey and the, the roots of, of the, the whole mission, the whole point of this message that I think exists in everyone. Once that poured out of me, I went... Ah, yes, and this is what she was talking about. 
And that's an important message, letting people know that we all have a journey. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what the book is trying to say. And I think you did a great job with it. Thank you. (laughs) So now we have to tell our listeners, what was the journey? What was the inspiration? Yeah. So, you know, it's very interesting because as I mentioned um, in the beginning of the book, I unexpectedly, let's say, became a single mom very early on in my son's life. And uh, when he was just an infant, I found myself in the midst of a very unpleasant family court situation. And, you know, thank God that um, we've since settled almost three years. But anyone who's been through that or has witnessed someone's journey on that can understand that it's quite, it can be heart-wrenching on so many levels. But something that I found so interesting was here I am, you know, months postpartum going through this chaotic time that had you had told me 10 years ago, this is where you're going to be in 10 years, I would have laughed. I really would have me like I just wouldn't have expected it um and at the same time I was more fit than I had ever been in my life I had more energy as a postpartum mom going through this and it sounds it sounds bizarre really and I'm quite cognizant of the fact that it it sounds you know really extreme but I kind of had an aha moment and went oh my goodness I'm more fit I have more energy I actually feel like I'm the best I've ever been, even on a soul level, going through this chaos, I've got to tell women about this because (laughs) they need to know. (laughs) And I think every woman needs to know that it is possible. And you can find your fitness and your health when you are going through anything in your life. Mm-hmm. And and that's the thing. I mean, it's that negative self-talk, right? And you kind of talked yourself out of the negative self-talk mm-hmm. and into health. So let's touch a little bit on that and how you get rid of that self-talk to kind of propel you into the next healthy phase of your life. And can you give us some examples of what negative self-talk is? Yeah, sure. You know, I love, love this because I want to... Um, start by saying it's not something that I think ever goes away completely forever 100% of our lives but um, Gabrielle Bernstein touches on this a lot and I, and I love her as a spiritual teacher in this she talks about the comeback rate and it's basically that once that negative thought happens so um, the one for me that I share in the book too was whenever I was in a situation that I was stressed out about I would constantly be telling myself well you made those choices and it's your fault you put yourself in this situation so you deserve to be feeling this pain right now And the thought would happen so fast that sometimes I wouldn't even catch it. It would almost be very quiet. Mm -hmm. Um, But what's happened now is that that happens less often. And when it does happen, my comeback rate is a lot quicker. So instead of marinating, I feel like that's really (laughs) what we do. We marinate Mm -hmm. in these emotions and it becomes so normal to us that we don't even bring awareness to it because it's just become the norm. And we go on every day and we think that this is just how things are. And, and, and we don't shed light on it because it becomes normal. And I'm here to say it's, it's, that's not what we need to be marinating in. We can flip the script and our comeback rate is what we need to, uh, to have a goal to be quicker. And that's really what I, because I, I think to have a goal of saying, I'm 100% of the time in my life from now on, never going to have a negative thought. It's That's like setting ourselves up for failure. Right. And that's really realistic to yeah. say that you're never going to be uh, disappointed in yourself. Um, you know, it's it's we're human beings having human experiences. Mm-hmm. And it's a good point that we have to bring ourselves back to kind of neutral more quickly every time it happens. Right. Yes. 
something that I'd like to add is every time now that I have a negative thought, I make myself have three positive ones. So, and if I ever am thinking about a rough journey um, or parts of my journey, I always remember, my gosh, what was the blessing that came out of this? Because I can promise you there will always be something beautiful that comes from the pain if you are willing to allow that journey to take place. And if you're going through something right now, And it's difficult for you to envision what blessing might be coming because you're not there yet. I want you to think of a time in your life when this was the case, when you thought you weren't going to get through something or when something didn't turn out your way. And then sometime later you went, oh, my gosh, I'm so grateful it didn't go the way I wanted it to go. There's that song, um, I'm thankful or I'm grateful for unanswered prayers. Thank God for unanswered prayers. Well, I can tell you. I have a lot of those that I'm grateful for, (laughs) right? So just think of a time in your past when this was the case, if you can't envision it for your current situation, and then remind yourself that, oh, right, right, you know, I'm protected and I'm guided and this was the case before and it will be again, even if I can't see the blessing right now. And so I want to bring it back to kind of neutral. So you were able to rise above all the situations that you were facing and you and you mentioned that you were feeling like the best you ever felt. So what was it that was different about you that got you feeling that way? Like what was it about your diet, about mm-hmm. your ex because that's that's essentially what controls us, like our food and our thoughts and our mm-hmm. conscious eating. So what was it? What exactly happened? Yeah, so I'll start by saying I was definitely um, had great support from some key people in my life. So I have to acknowledge that for sure. My parents definitely. And um, but when it comes to the biochemical relationship here with food and mood, and I talk about this in the book as well. So I graduated from naturopathic medicine. I wrote my boards pregnant. I had my son. I got licensed and started working. And basically, if I'm going to be very honest Right now, I'm going to say I knew about inflammation and food sensitivities even before um, I was licensed and before I was in this postpartum period of my life. I didn't fully stick to it, okay, all the time. After I had my son and I was, you know, single mom, if it, I was like, I need every inch of energy. It was, it was like a switch just flicked and everything I knew I just implemented. And so that's why I'm here to bring you the knowledge because I understand that sometimes people don't know because it's not mainstream knowledge. You know, so with inflammation, uh, and I talk about this in the book as well, I cite a study, it's even been linked to mood. Mm. So even our food sensitivities, and if you don't know what a food sensitivity is, in a nutshell, it's basically something your body doesn't accept as friendly. And when you are ingesting this food, your body mounts an actual immune response to this food because it attacks, it thinks it's something foreign coming in, right? right? So it's trying to protect you. We're so beautifully created for survival, and it's trying to protect you. So it mounts this response, but then how this manifests is bloating, fatigue, um, irritability. And again, I talk about actually the study that I quoted linked gluten sensitivity and major depressive disorder. Right. It was a small population, but very, very interesting to read. I think these are some key things that people are not aware of. And once they discover what their food sensitivities are, I'm so passionate about this because it has forever changed my life. And so often, and you could probably relate to this, Dr. Claudia. Absolutely. Pa- patients will come yep. and sit in my clinic and, and it's like they're, they're helpless. And they look at me and they're like, I don't know what to do. And once we get an understanding of what their food sensitivities are, because not everyone has the same ones, 
Yeah. Um, once you find out what your food sensitivities are, it is so empowering because you are able to avoid them and it can literally change your life. And I'm going to add to that because my practice is, is I'm a chiropractor, so I'm treating people for pain. Well, pain is just the, the consequence of significant inflammation. So I can treat a joint and a muscle every single day for the rest of your life. But unless you've removed the inflammatory source, you're not going to get better. So once I've treated you and it's not an injury and you're not showing as much improvement as you should based on my knowledge, I right away say, let's remove the, all the factors. Let's re- eliminate all the variables that are going to create the inflammation. So for me, the big ticket ones, and we discussed this just before the show, dairy, right? Dairy, gluten, those are the big tickets, right? And once you eliminate that, automatically within a few days, you start to see things changing. So I completely understand when you say that you just you knew you needed the energy I think intuitively our bodies know as well and sometimes you start getting those if you pay attention you get those adverse reactions you get a headache you have dairy and all of a sudden you got a headache or and you mentioned that your daughter yes uh, is avoiding dairy for her skin yes right so I get that I think that's a very valid point can we be tested for food sensitivity or do you have to wait for some kind of flare-up or reaction So the way I prefer to go about doing this is through the elimination diet. So I like taking people through three weeks of an elimination of quite a few things. The list is, is, is quite long. Sometimes people will do a mini one with just gluten and dairy to get started. Sometimes people go all in. So with my program, um, I sell this course online as well. I take them through a prep week. Because I'm not going to just throw you in. That's what happened to me. Okay. And it was like, don't eat this for three weeks. And I'll see you in a month. And I was like, what? (laughs) So I take you through a prep week to make it easy. And then we eliminate the foods. And then in a very, very specific way, we are bringing them back in. But when you're bringing them back in, you have to do this one at a time. And it's very proper because if you don't reintroduce properly, you basically kind of just tank your entire elimination. And you don't, nobody wants to start all the way over, right? So that's how I like to go about doing it for two reasons. One is when you get that adverse reaction, you are going to look at that food totally differently and you are not going to want to eat it. So whereas when you see the result on a blood test and you see the colors, it's kind of like, oh, don't eat this. But when you felt what it feels like, you're not going to want to touch it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it is ad like it can be very adverse. Like, you know, if you've been off of dairy for a while and then you, you know, you're eating a cheesecake, right? That's a lot of dairy that you're putting in your body all at once. You will get significant symptoms and we don't need to talk about it, but mm-hmm. <laughs> the obvious ones are like GI distress. Sure. Like you're going to get bloating, you might get diarrhea, you're going to get, and that's, you don't want to have that, right? right? So, And it's interesting you mentioned the bloating, Dr. Claudia, because I feel like for so many um, men and women, but I, I work primarily with women and we think that this is just, this is part of my journey as well. Oh, I think that's just my body or that's belly fat. And I've had patients who will do all the exercises and do everything quote unquote right and be like, nothing is changing. I don't know what to do. And it's because it's not belly fat. It's inflammation in your gut from eating foods you're sensitive to. So if you don't remove those foods or identify them first Mm -hmm. and then remove them, it's not going to change. Yep. And bring it, we're going to tie it back to our show last week. When you have those sensitivities and those inflammatory reactions, essentially it's going to go back and affect that thyroid. And then 
you're once the thyroid is involved, you're never going to lose the weight. It's it's going to be virtually impossible. You're going to be kind of fighting a vicious cycle all the time. So yeah, that's a great place to start. And I love the idea of the elimination diet. I think it's the best way to start because you can slowly remove things and then you start to see the results. Right. And that's what you recommend in your daily practice. And yes. you probably follow the same rules as well, yes. right? Yeah. There you go. See? <laughs> okay, so let's bring it back to the book, Eat Your Way Sexy. First, I've got to ask you, where did this title come from? I mean, when I was in that very early postpartum period, I really have to say I never felt sexier. And I really, and it sounds bizarre because even before um, ever having my son, I had always envisioned in my younger days that when I was a mom and I did have a child that my postpartum period would be you know, difficult or I would have to work really hard and this is just how things are going to be postpartum to lose weight. And I kind of chuckled when I kind of sat there going, it's the complete opposite. <laughs> if you have the right tools, it's actually the complete opposite. And I and I, I say in the book, I know there's a woman reading this who, more than one for sure, who has never felt the same in their body since they had their kids. And it does not have to be that way because I really want them to have the experience that I had, which was actually, I never felt better. Right. I, I never felt better. That's a good point. And I love that you say that because I think the the title eat your way sexy essentially means you know sexy is a state of mind right you can feel strong you can feel confident you can feel energetic and that kind of coins sexy right mm -hmm. sexy can mean like so many things it doesn't have to mean like you literally look great in your bikini sexy is like a, a mindset right you feel like you can conquer the world yes and feeling good in your own skin that's what I always say and I think that's important for women to know and I feel like sharing that message right like mm -hmm. you're sharing it every day with your patients and now you're sharing it through the book and I'm all about eating my way sexy and it's not about <laughs> how you look as you're saying it's uh, or what the scale tells you right mm -hmm. yes oh I always um yeah I always say that I I don't even own a scale I don't have a scale in my house and if I could go into each and every one of my patients house and smash their scale with a sledgehammer <laughs> I would okay so because it's really not about that my favorite thing is when someone comes in and says they want to lose weight and I ask them how much they weigh and they're my weight. And I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> it has nothing to do with that, but okay. <laughs> and, and that's a good point, right? You shouldn't have a scale at home because your scale doesn't determine. Because everybody's body is different. Yes. Some people have more muscle. Muscle yes. weighs a lot more. Uh, I think it's so deceiving. Yes. Um, and focusing on eliminating. So let's get back to the elimination. So what would you recommend as the first thing to eliminate from a diet? I always tell people, well, first, if you have a suspicion about something, go there. Mm -hmm. If you're completely starting from square one, I say gluten or dairy is very easy to start with. Okay? Pick one. If you don't want to do both, pick one. And on my website, NadiaRizzo.com, you can click the freebies tab, and I have a free seven-day dairy detox. For someone who's even considering it and feels like, I don't know what to do, where to start, you can hop on there for free for seven days, and I'll walk you through it. Wow, that's yeah. a really great feature. So you feel like dairy and gluten are the two big ones, right? I agree with you. I feel mm -hmm. it the same way. So what would that look like? So if you're removing dairy, does that mean you go, you remove everything? So like if you're a coffee drinker or a tea drinker and you have dairy in your coffee, you get rid of it. Absolutely. If you're having like cheese as a snack, you get rid of it. All of you're it. You're not cooking with it, so you're removing all of it. All of it. Okay, and I have a question. I think it's really important for listeners to know because there's always this discrepancy with the whole idea of gluten. Right. So 
there are gluten-free products that aren't necessarily good for you. Right. So I think it's important to like, let's distinguish that. So when I remove gluten from my life, I remove all gluten um, and I don't eat like gluten-free products necessarily mm. because mm. I feel like they just add extra sugar. Right. Um, so what I try to do is substitute with like rice because that's a gluten-free product sure. or gluten-free item. So uh, what is your recommendation? Do you recommend getting off of Anything that's like related to gluten, even if it's um, like as well as like the gluten free items. So instead of having white bread for breakfast and you're switching to gluten free toast, I feel like that's not a good substitution. For me, how I do it is it depends what the person's goal is. So I have to meet them where they're at. So I've done it more than one way. So for someone who is trying to lose weight, I will say, you know, we'll pull it all. We don't have to do the gluten-free bread or we'll do it within a limited avail- availability, okay. depending if how, how that person is feeling. If the person's goal is simply to cut the gluten and they don't care about the weight or there's no other goal there, they just want to see, mm-hmm. then I'm, I'm okay meeting them where they're at because I feel like someone, they need the... Everyone's goal is different, so you have to you have to identify what the person's goal is first. But I will say, in terms of gluten free products, I always tell people, you know what's gluten free? An apple. Like you know, you don't have to uh, you don't have to go and buy something that's packaged and labeled gluten free. And I want you to remember that food marketers are in the business of making money. They're not in the business of health. So when you're looking at food products, quote unquote food, if it even is, that's debatable in my opinion. Talk to your naturopathic doctor. Right. That's a really good point. Could you, just before we wrap things up, could you leave us with just a couple of tips in terms of how to control our own eating habits and maybe avoiding those foods that make us feel lethargic or bloated? In terms of controlling our own eating habits, I think it's very important to have a specific step-by-step process because what often happens is people will say, 2020 is my year and I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. And then we take on so much. And then if we don't follow, follow through, it's because it's not very realistic. But what happens is we feel defeated. And that will slow us down more than anything. So I always tell people, no goal is too small. Start with one thing. How you think you're going to get to Z if you can't even start with A? So if your goal is have a cup of water every morning, start there. And once you're doing that every three weeks, guess what? Next step. Now we're introducing more protein. Take it step by step because you're trying to keep these habits for the rest of your life. This isn't a race for three months. This is your life. And that's a really good point. And I appreciate all of that valuable information. I love the idea that we can go back to your website. So if our listeners want to reach you or want to get more information, how can they do that? Yeah, they can go to my website at www.nadiarizzo.com. If they want to send me a message, they can also click the contact tab and they can send me a direct message. Dr. Rizzo, thank you so much for being here. That was amazing. Everybody should get the book, Eat Your Way Sexy. All right. And Dr. Claudia, please remind our listeners how to follow you. You can reach me at Claudia underscore Machiella on Instagram or go to my website, www.thecenterforhealth.ca. And that's our show for this week. If you missed any part of the wellness prescription, go to our website, 1059theregion.com. I'm Tina Cortez. Thanks for listening. Connect with us on Twitter at 1059theregion or call 416-335-1059 or email info at 1059theregion.com. This is 1059 The Region.